Welcome back to the podcast that rocks, weekly podcast that talks about news in the world of rock, metal, alternative, and everything in between. My name is Luke, host of the YouTube channel Rocked, if you're listening on the podcast forums. Thank you for tuning in to my live Twitch and YouTube audience. We stream this so we have a couple audiences listening to us. Thank you guys for tuning in early as well. Always has, It's always nice to have a live audience to feed off of when we do this. Hopefully you all are doing well, having a good week for the start. I'm flying solo again on this podcast tonight. Hopefully you're all doing well. I'll be trying to feed off and read all of the chats as we go on. Hopefully I can keep up with everything. If not, please don't be offended if I miss your comments. I'm just trying to run two live streams, podcast, and all comments at the same time. Probably while someone is dumping off a ton of weird comments on a YouTube video. The life of a multitasker. Thank you guys for tuning in, though. Lots of interesting stuff going on right now. In now, finally, the last quarter of 2021. This year has felt like it's gone on for a very long time. But at the same time, it feels like, wow, it's all a rush. It's finally fall and we're going to winter soon, too. It's a weird feeling like that. It's the more things change, the more stay the same isn't really the best uh analogy for this or saying it's just more time flies but at the same time time flies just because we're just used to so much happening now in blasts of information and a lot's gone on over the past week and a half and some stuff that i want to address too some good some bad i'm this is not by any means oh one of those weeks where everything just sucks and i have to report on the trash for the week thankfully it's a much 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 better week from that Please let me know in the chat rooms, by the way, if you can hear me okay. I can adjust audio on the fly in case there's not. Other than that, however, I would like to thank all of you. And we're going to begin with a bit of better information, a bit of more positive news and things like that. One of the cool things that's happening in the metal community and more heavier music is that it's getting positive attention from outside of the metal community. It's kind of rare when that happens. And I'm talking, and I'm not just talking, oh, um, Slipknot's releasing a new album, Tribute's releasing a new album. No, I'm talking about actual attention on a broader scale in a positive way. And it's interesting that it's been so long and I can finally say that in a good way, too. The news about Spirit Box is pretty well sung now. The praises are out there for Eternal Blue. I have yet to find the person who despises Spirit Box and the new album Eternal Blue. I have heard people say it didn't live up to their expectations. I've heard people say it's not for them. However, I can comfortably say that I've not heard anyone say they hate it, which I think is awesome. During an interview, uh, and also this has been posted around on many write-ups by Billboard, by Forbes, by mainstream outlets, not just covering rock and metal like Loudwire or Revolver, People are talking about Spirit Box. The Billboard records that they, not records, but the Billboard feats that they hit, what they charted, really caught a lot of people's attention. Even the bands did not, even the band did not expect to get that high on the ranking with their debut. So many people pre-ordered Eternal Blue that it boosted them up to the top 15 of Billboard's 200 best-selling albums on week of release. That's enormous. So... I can't say enough good things. They sounded great live. You've heard me already do the praises for that. But one thing I want to talk about is in an interview that the band did with Billboard. And there's an interesting tangent I'm going to go off of after talking about this. Because I really feel it's worth discussing. 
talking a bit with Courtney from Spirit Box about the success from Eternal Blue, and then talking about just overall metal in general. The quote starts out this way when asked about the scene that she emerged from and like coming from like a metalcore, heavier music subculture and things like that, trying to stand out. And think about the I Wrestle the Bear once days, you know, with her and her husband. It's a little bit different. As I pull up the quotes, as I hate sharing my screen, uh, if you're on podcast, I'll be reading the quote. When I share my screen, however, everyone sees ads for days because every website, including my own that has some Google ads, is just inundated with showing as many ads as possible at any given moment. However... One of many articles referencing the main ones on Billboard. I'm going to be sharing the link from Loudwire just to pull the quotes. Hopefully you can all see this in the chat room, but I will read it out to you. Dun, dun. Our community, the metal community, is very self-loathing and isolated from the mainstream. And it's so just one of those weird things. It's not that we don't want to sit at the table. It's just that we didn't know that there was a seat for us at the table or that anyone cared. Or that anyone cared to move over and give us room to sit down. It's just mind-blowing. That is a great way to address the attention at heavy music and being a, a, having a seat at the table. When you think about all genres of music. And there's many ways to look at this and there's many reasons for this. To finish off the quote... There's just something that happens when you see your name on another metal band's name amongst all those other names of artists that you respect and that you know how much power they have and how much influence on the world they have. You see the top 10, top 15 best-selling albums of the week on Billboard and then you see your band with a debut. That's, that's a big deal, no matter who you are. In 2021, that is a big deal for heavy music. Going on with that, um, it's worth it to say also Mike Stringer, guitarist, followed up with a quote for the same interview for Billboard. This is my 13th year of trying to pursue music, and it's always that carrot dangling in front of you, and you never think you're going to grab it. I told myself that if this album even came close to like top 50, I would have finally grabbed the carrot. Well, it did. It got to number 13. To finish the quote... It just doesn't feel real. It's super validating, but at the same time, you almost don't know what to do. Because you're kind of like, well, this is more than anything I've ever worked toward or what I thought was possible. First of all, I want to say very humble, down-to-earth, respectful responses from a metalcore band that people are spreading the word about. I don't know if the last time where a newer band with a newer album got all this hype and almost all of it either positive, most of it's positive. And even the stuff that's not positive is just neutral, but people are talking in good ways about it. I don't know the last time that's happened. I don't know the last time I can really think of any good time where that feels like it's worked out well. I apologize. I'm trying to get the chat over here. Thank you guys for tuning in again. I have both your chats up for YouTube and Twitch. And I see people in the chat room saying spot on with that quote. Yeah. And someone asked, Bad Wolves maybe? Not even close. No. Not even close. 
Not to mention, I'm talking about positive. Anytime that someone's talked about bad wolves in the past two years, year and a half, um, yeah, not even close. Uh, bad wolves has led a lot, a lot of negative attention, a lot. Someone's just trying to guess bands at the at the best of their ability. No, it's guys, stop trying to guess bands. All the bands people are trying to guess right now. Well, what about this band? What about that band? No, it's not even close to what Spirit Box has. Swigging wildly on those. Going back to the quote, though, that Courtney said, it just doesn't feel like they had a seat, they'd seat at the table, or at least they didn't know there was a seat, or they didn't know people were willing to move over. Now, that whole move over so there's room for you is a little bit of a weirder argument. But it's fair. There's no reason there can't be more groups that do that. The metal community is isolating. Whether self-isolating or just it's isolated from other genres and other music fans. Yeah, metal is definitely like that. I think there's a lot of elite reasons why heavy music, rock, and metal. I include rock in this too, because outside of mainstream rock, which is still not doing great, yeah, bands are not getting that good of attention. And the attention they get is fleeting. After an album comes out, it's on to the next thing. The passion that fans had in rock and metal has been so... It's just stamped out over the years for people not paying attention. Mainstream rock radio has a big problem to do with that too, for not giving newer bands a shot and only giving the same certain amount of bands the attention. That's it. And refusing to play anything but like 90s alternative. And as a fan of grunge and a fan of 90s alternative, FM radio and rock radio, mainstream radio should be ashamed for the last 10 years for relying on that, relying on it like a crutch. So, I think part of the problem, though, is within, I say this as part of the heavy music community, being a fan of heavy music for many, many years, whether that's rock, metal, something extreme, going down into breaking into softer alternative, going through all the different subgenres, mixed in with everything. One of the biggest problems is just... It's within. I said like a year ago, I remember tweeting this out. Metal is dying a painful, invisible death. And no one's paid paying a real attention to metal with big attention because of gatekeeping. And I don't mean, when I say gatekeeping, I do not mean I talk about a band, that band's not for you, you despise that band. That's not gatekeeping. Gatekeeping is when someone brings up a band and the, another person goes, you don't get to listen to that band unless you like listen to them like I do. You are good enough of a fan to wear that t-shirt. You weren't there listening to the de demo tapes and EPs before their debut, so you don't get to listen to that. If my audience, and I understand that sometimes the rocked audience is definitely an echo chamber, and word of mouth always helps to get more people in. If I could ask one thing of my audience, 
it's to call out true gatekeeping when you see it online. YouTube comments, Reddit, Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is. Call out true gatekeeping when you see it. But you gotta know what gatekeeping is too. When someone says, this band's not for me, that's not gatekeeping. Gatekeeping is when you hear someone say they like a band and you don't let them like that band. I said for years, especially in the beginning, early, regretting the past, if you like something, like it. It doesn't bother me. It bothers a lot of people, apparently, and those metal fans definitely are a big part of that. You can't like Metallica if you weren't there, alive, and listening to Injustice for All when it came out on release week. That type of stuff. What do you mean you like the Black Album? You're not a real Metallica fan. That's a big one. The bad thing about that, too, is most of the gatekeeping keepers in metal now are older. I'm talking 40 plus, And they do not contribute to the metal community in any positive way. Those gatekeepers you see online, especially online, in comment sections, on social media, whatever it is, they are not the ones going to metal shows. They are not the ones buying albums online. They are not the ones buying merch. They are not supporting metal commu- the metal community and definitely not checking out new bands. Not a chance. I will never, ever forget. It's so weird seeing it in action from a distance, but seeing it with your own eyes live in person at a concert. 2017, co-headline tour with Killswitch Engage and Anthrax. Fun show. Fun tour. There, I got to shoot the show in Orlando at House of Blues, which is in Disney. So if it wasn't a sold-out show, it was real close. I think it was a sold-out show, though. And I will never forget this scrawny, beanpole, douchey gatekeeper with his battle vest on, walking in, going up like he was about 30 people back from the stage. He was in the middle of the crowd. He had a couple friends with him. And I don't even remember the band that played before Killswitch and Anthrax. Killswitch finished that night last, so it was Killswitch ending, then Anthrax, then a third band. The band before Anthrax played that night. Killswitch and Anthrax alternated who closed out each night. Scrawny McDouche in his battle vest literally made it a point to have his back turned to the stage the entire time with his arms folded, looking over his shoulder every now and then just to prove how he did not like the band that was on stage. I can't believe that someone had that much of a statement to make and expected to be respected for that. Expected to be respected. Hard to pronounce phonetically. Man, oh man. That was 2017. That was the biggest... Most shocking one I saw, because this was a taller guy too, so that's why it was a little easier to see from the photo pit, from the side when I wasn't working. Ugh, just, you paid a ticket. If you, like, say you truly did not like the band on stage, you're in downtown Disney. You're at Disney Springs. You're at House of Blues. There's tons of other stuff to do. There's tons of people at the bar. Just go sit at the bar. 
There's a merch stand with bands you like. Go check out merch. That was not a spot like a festival thing where you have to hold your spot for the following bands. No, this was House of Blues where there's room for everyone to move around and get up close if you want. Ugh, that was the worst one. That was gatekeeping in real life, IRL. So, so much gatekeeping, though, has come out of the metal community over the years. And the actual amount of gatekeeping that's come out, I think, has gotten toxic in the metal community because one, it's coming from an older audience, and two, all those gatekeepers do not contribute to metal in a good way at all, ever. They are intentionally curmudgeon-y. They do not check out new music. They do not spread word of mouth for other bands. Man, oh man. I think that's a big part of it, too. Everyone thinks now social media is not a good way to share music. It absolutely is. Word of mouth goes a lot farther than you think. And that just goes for much a lot of stuff. Whether that's private social media, say you only, you're only you on Instagram just with your friends, Twitter with your friends, TikTok, whatever, or on the bigger spectrum of stuff. Sharing music with your friends, that's still a thing. It might be different, but when I was young and we all had this portable CD players, you know, I remember when I got my first iPod, that blew my mind that I actually had an iPod too when I was younger, when I was a wee teenager. But I just remember... I remember like the whole thing of switching CDs and like trading each other back and forth and letting other people listen to your CD player. That was such a big deal. Now you don't have to actually be in person. You can just send them a link. I just feel that <laughs> darn boomers, yes, on Twitch, the dang boomers, absolutely. Huh. I wish there was a better answer that was not just calling out gatekeeping, but gatekeeping's a problem. And that's why I've been on such a tangent, going on tangents in videos and getting fed up. The Metalcore video I knew was going to happen when I talk about Metalcore in a positive way, 10 great Metalcore bands you should check out. Like Clockwork, I knew it was going to happen, even though I made a point of it at the beginning and the end of the video. So many people are beyond butthurt now when they don't bring up the topic you want or the band you like, but they won't elaborate why. A good example of this, this is not the same as gatekeeping, but it's another problem. We've failed to, we've just forgotten how to learn how to communicate with each other. And it's pretty bad. And with rock and metal, it's shockingly embarrassing. You can ask any music content creator, whether they make, they make their own music, whether they just talk about music, whether it's more of an environmental stuff, whatever it is, ask any of them. One of the biggest problematic commenter sections you'll have is the whole, what about all that remains? What about Bullet for My Valentine? Comments like that. And I use those specific because I get a lot of that. And that's the comments. They don't talk about what do you mean? They just expect you to be upset. Because you didn't mention what they liked. We've forgotten in the rock and metal community how to communicate with each other. Saying why we like or dislike a band. Why or why we dislike... Why we dislike or why we like a song. On our new music nights we have every week now, 
there are several people that have gotten pretty lame with their comments. Ugh, I can't stand someone with harsh vocals. I don't care what song it is. Thumbs down. They do that within 10 seconds of the first song playing. They didn't even listen to it. That's gatekeeping to a certain extent. When you refuse to let people enjoy a song that they've never heard before, before you trash all over it while they're trying to listen to it. It's one thing if I make a video saying, hey, here are my thoughts on this album, this song, this band, but I'm not playing the music and not giving you my thoughts while you're trying to listen to it. That's not contributing to the conversation. I don't know what it was and when this happened, but rock and metal fans became so obsessed with being the diehard metal and rock nerd that knows everything about every band and everyone else is wrong and no one else is a fan except me. That doesn't happen in rap. That doesn't happen in country. There are country fans out there who are able to better give more understandable logic for why they like something than metal and rock fans at some points. And that is shocking. And music's subjective. But the whole point about that, though, is you need to be able to try to explain why you dislike or like something. And to tie this all up in a neat little bow, when Spiritbox says metal is isolating the whole community, yeah, it totally is. It absolutely is. And it's not because of the rah-rah. It's not because the music's loud. It's because the fan base has become unbearable. Not all the fan base. That's very unfair. It's because some of the fan base has become completely obnoxious. Some of the fan bases for different bands have become ready to be offended at a moment's notice if you do not praise Senpai the way they do. We're going to see more of that as it goes on, too. This is not a quick fix, no matter what we do. So, if you like Spirit Box, if you really like them, and if you enjoyed Eternal Blue, I challenge you to try and share a song out on your own personal social media. Your own personal one, not just going in the YouTube comment section for that video. And that's good if you do that, like give your feedback on stuff. That's great. I challenge you to give, and you don't have to do it for Spirit Box either. I challenge you this week to go online and share a relatively new song that you like and tell people, hey, this song's great. This music video's great. This band's great. What do you all think? Think about the comments you're going to get, if anything. You might not get anything. I wouldn't, like on Facebook, Facebook's a mess. The whole shutdown happened yesterday. I shouldn't say shutdown. The whole crash, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> crash Thompson in somewhere just got a little buzzing in his ear. Like, Why is Luke calling me? The whole blip with Facebook and Instagram yesterday aside, go on Twitter. Go on Instagram. Go on TikTok. Try to make a post positively about a song or band you like that's new. See what people have to say. See how many people react with, I didn't care for it. 
Not as good as blah blah. Older stuff was better. That type of thing. And what sucks is the farther you go into the metal community with the heavier bands that have been around for a while, the more of those older gatekeepers you're going to get. And it sucks. Fandom culture. In the YouTube chat, that is a great description. Fandom culture. And that's not separated to just music. Ask any content creator on YouTube. We'll keep this small. This goes for sports, bands, music, movies, actors, actresses, whatever. Keep it more small scale. Talk about your favorite YouTube content creators. I assure you they will have endless stories about toxic fans. From extreme parasocial relationships to stalkers to people that are obsessed with your every word and do not understand why you are giving them the time of day. It's just how it is. That's not isolated to metal, though, also. Spirit Box have done something unique. I'm wrapping this up again with Spirit Box because first time in a while, a band has got this much attention this fast after their album, and it's still getting them attention, and it's overwhelmingly positive. I mean, I don't know what happened. Maybe 2020 made us all so cynical in 2021. The first half of 2020, at least, did not live up to our high expectations for something to be better. But maybe that's what Spirit Box was needed for. We have a little hope. So for everyone listening, watch out for gatekeepers. Try to share out new music you like. Doesn't have to be a long five-paragraph essay. Doesn't have to be your own YouTube video explaining something. Just try to share something you like. Spread positivity. Call out the negativity. And it's one thing to be negative if you don't like something and you can explain why. It's not for you. But the gatekeeping has to stop and that's the only way heavier music's going to actually have a seat at the table again. I think we spent enough time about the metal community, heavy music community, rock community, whatever you want to call it. There is some other news that happened this week worth talking about. We'll start off vended, talking about newer bands, with Sons of Slipknot, <laughs> the sons of Corey Taylor and Clown. Their band vended have announced headlining tour dates. They're going to hit the road. They have plans for an album. They already had their first single drop. They're going to be performing at Knotfest Los Angeles. They have the road ahead of them. With that comes high, high, high expectations. Because you know who their dads are. There's already the gatekeeping there. And the butthurt is massive. Because Vended gets to play at Knotfest Los Angeles to open it up. They already performed at Knotfest Iowa. And man, oh man. Massive amount of butthurt that Vended is getting attention before the album comes out. I shared out a link on Twitter 
a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, that they're going to start performing these songs and they released their new song and things like that. We played it on New Music Night. I was shocked to see losers in their own bands. Like, their Twitter was their own band. Like, they were had like kind of taking care of the social media for their band. Very angry that Vended got a festival spot. That they're getting attention. That bitter butthurt jealousy. I, ugh. The picture I'm sharing, for everyone listening on the podcast forums, the picture I'm sharing on YouTube and Twitch, there's Griff Taylor giving the finger to the camera. I really hope that gets the message across. Featuring vocalist Griff Taylor, drummer Simon Crahan, clown son, bassist Jeremiah Pugh. Wow, some of these last names. Again, if you're new to rocks, I mispronounce every name. I apologize. And guitarist Cole Espeland and Connor Grudzis. That's not even fair. Vended have been given a massive leg up in 2021. They got booked on various NotFest dates, including last month's NotFest Iowa. They also got some attention after playing the virtual Pulse of the Maggots Fest in 2020 and touring small clubs earlier this year. Their headlining tour will be going throughout the U.S. later in 2022, or at the end of 2021, I apologize, at near in November, starting in Nashville, Tennessee, ending up in Buffalo, New York. Playing smaller clubs and trying to do it their own way. They're doing it right. And yes, they got a leg up because of who their, their parents are. That's what good parents do. Did you expect their dads? So, heck no, you're not playing on our name. Find your own crap hole venue and start there without any of our help. No, of course you wouldn't. And that's what some of these butthurt bands are expecting. Ugh. Were they given an advantage? Absolutely. But that's not their fault. Of course they should take it. And this headlining tour, they're not playing massive venues. They're doing it right. I'm excited to see what Vended does. If you've heard the new single, you can definitely tell Griff is a chip off the old block from Cora. You can hear some vocal uh, similarities, to put it politely, and to put it significantly well. For the wording, because, yeah, it works. It's a different sound, but there's a lot of potential. My thoughts on Vended, anyway. Moving on from Vended. We talked about some good things like Spirit Box. We talked about a new band trying to make their own name for themselves, their own unique name like Vended. And then we have to talk about Ted Nugent being an idiot again. If you're not familiar, if you're outside the United States, or you're not familiar with some of the older music from country rock and that gritty southern rock band of the day, back in the day, Ted Nugent is still alive for some reason, and he's one of the biggest idiots in all music. I have never seen a classic, like, not true classic rock, but a big-name musician be so looked down on by everyone in the public eye across all genres and news platforms and still going out there to try to get more and try thinking that he's doing well. Someone in the Twitch chat, what did that fart do? What did that fart did now? Well, as many of you know, Mr. Nugent did contract COVID many months ago after calling COVID a lie, saying that COVID was not real and it was a conspiracy and it's made up and the government was just trying to do this to make us stay inside. And he said that anyone believed COVID was real is an idiot. He then contracted COVID himself, said he was scared to death and thought he was going to die. 
he was able to recover thanks to money. Don't think that he's the one taking care of himself. He got healed because of healthcare and money. He did not just drink some NyQuil. Well, it seems like rock star Ted Nugent thinks vaccine mandates have a stranglehold on the public. For those who are not aware, Ted Nugent is a very political... I don't want to say activist. He's a very politically confused human being who does not understand what he thinks is not how the world works. Quick article from Yahoo. Yahoo News, I should say. Nugent, who said he was sharing truth, logic, and common sense with people who care, responded to a question Friday about vaccine policies referring to a COVID-19 as a weaponized virus. He contracted the coronavirus earlier in 2021. Quotes, and I will not do a Ted Nugent impression. I did what the government told me not to do, which is what I always do. First of all, right there, for someone who always tells, says he tells it like it is and has promoted politicians that he's favored to death, I have a feeling if, the gover- if those politicians he liked told him to do something, he'd do it five times in a row. That's just how it is, though. Because what the government tells you to do is always the wrong th- thing. And now this is where it gets dangerous. Ted Nugent said, I took hydroxychloroquine ivermectin, steroids, and zinc, and continued with my healthy lifestyle, being clean and sober, and eating venison, and my wife and I recovered in just a few days. First of all, that is a bold-faced lie. He admitted over time that he, he had COVID for quite a while. It was not just a few days. Number two, he admits that he took ivermectin. How would he have known what ivermectin was back when he got COVID when that wasn't even in the limelight as horse dewormer for taking care of COVID? Third of all, we cannot blame the ivermectin for making Ted Nugent crazy because he was crazy before he took it. And finally, Nugent has been asked countless times to run for office. He's 73 years old does not know his right hand from his left. But he still thinks he has a future in politics somehow because he's so bright on everything. I weep for the people in Florida and Texas that still are hoping he's going to turn things around and start making sense because he's just such a darn good guitarist. I don't care how good of a musician you are. If you're an idiot, you're an idiot. From the bottom of my heart. I go back to this for those who have not been listening or are recent listeners. One of my favorite bands in the world is Deftones. And you can't get much farther from political side from Ted Nugent to Deftones. But yeah, Steph from Deftones is an idiot. Does it break my heart? Sure. But he's an idiot. Not only is he an anti-vaxxer. And part of the reason why Deftones had to keep canceling their tours because it wasn't safe to go on the road with him. And not only is he an amazing creative musician who has made timeless music, but he's an anti-vaxxer, he's a flat earther, and he's an outer space denier. <laughs> 
I did not know that last one existed until until Steph said that's what he was. <sighs> Friendly reminder that when I have to call stupidity out, I will do it on either side. Not just for the bands I don't like. <sighs> side note, um, one of the musicians from Fozzie also outed themselves as pro-Ivermectin. I'll just let that sink in for you. And he did it on Facebook by literally defriending people who said Ivermectin was not an adequate cure for COVID because he strongly thinks it is. I'm going to let that sink in and let you just think about that. If you like Fozzie, go ahead and like him. But just know, not everyone in Fozzie's taking care of themselves, just like good old Ted. And no, it was not Chris Jericho. Let me point that out right now. It was not Chris Jericho. No, no, no. I would say Y2J if it was. That's easy. It was not Y2J that did that. It was another person in the band. Ugh. It's been one of those things. So moving on quickly, as quickly as possible. Someone on Twitch with Sapphire Cat. I think I prefer Fozzie from the Muppets. You know what? I've never been ashamed to hear Fozzie from the Muppets. Or greatly disappointed. Gotta give him Fozzie for that. Waka waka. <sighs> Moving on quickly from Ted Nugent, because every time I talk about him, I just want it to be done. There's one cool thing I noticed yesterday. This is not really rock or metal, but it, it brings into the topic because the woman brought it in herself. Lindsey Sterling, violinist, dancer, social media star, America's Got Talent legend, selling out venues across the world, making beautiful music, collaborations with everybody. She's done big collaborations with everyone from Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm to Escape the Fate. She's done a ton. I remember when she played live, performed live with Lizzie Hale on Conan years ago. Man, I was so great to see stuff like that. She went on a co-headlining tour with Evanescence. That's a huge deal. That's crossover appeal. That's how you get crossover appeal right there. I saw that tour with, by the way, it was a lot of fun. It's my first time seeing Lindsey Sterling live. She made a tweet yesterday. And I totally am, I'm going to share it for the screen right now and I'll read it out for everyone listening. Yesterday, with a very nice photo of Lindsay. Number one, what did you think of my new Genshin Impact video? Number two, and here's the big question, should I make a rock album? I retweeted it saying, yes, she should. She's proven she can work with rock. She shared the same stages. She's collaborated with many, many artists in the rock and metal, now metal categories. She's proven time and time again she knows what she's doing. She knows how to perform and entertain live. She knows how to write her violin music in with many rock and metal songs now. And many other genres. Yes. Now, I'm going to say this statement and then I'll explain. And I want everyone that has any social media 
to tag me and her on this, okay? You're going to understand why. Lindsay, from one cougar to another, make a rock album. You need to. Now, a lot of you are very confused. What the heck's wrong with Luke? Why did he say it like that? And what's wrong with him? Did Luke just call himself a cougar? Did Luke just call Lindsay a cougar? Yes and yes. And I retweeted it yesterday right after she tweeted it out. I said she should. It's on my Twitter. Please check that out. Tag her on it. Make sure that statement's there. Many people don't know this. Lindsay Sterling and I went to the same university, BYU, at the same time. I think we might have graduated around the same time, too. No, that's not true. Because, like, she kept going on and off at BYU, at Brigham Young University. So, like, because being famous and touring is going to mess up with your steady education. But at the same time, we're roughly the same age in our 30s. And BYU's mascot is the cougar. So, Lindsay, from one cougar to another, help out the rock world. Please, please, please. Now, here's something I want also everyone to sit down and think about. I'm going to do this right here before I share this again. Can you imagine Lindsay collaborating with artists like Spirit Box? Bring Me the Horizon has been doing a lot of collaborations. Can you imagine Bring Me the Horizon and Lindsay Sterling? It's possible. And she's proven she can work with anyone. Guys, if she can work with Escape the Fate, come on. There's so much potential. So, so, so much potential. So, I know I'm giving you guys a lot of assignments, but these are very simple. And you know I'm just getting around with this last one. Tag Lindsay. Tag her who you should think she performed with. Tag her me if you want to, like saying you got this idea from me too from the podcast. You can even tag the line from one cougar to another. Make a rock album. Lindsay Sterling needs to make a rock album. It would be fun. It would be good. That's just me, though. Also, someone on YouTube, someone on the YouTube chat didn't know that Luke is a cougar. That's true, I am. Uh, the, the phrase back then was a true blue cougar. By the way, BYU's mascot has been the cougar for over 100 years. Long before the term cougar had a different meaning. Thank you. Also, by the way, BYU are 5-0. and Ranked number 10 in the nation for football. So, ooh, someone on YouTube just made a great one too. Lindsey Sterling and the Killers. I can see that. I can totally see that. Lindsey Sterling and Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yes, because, but I don't know how that would work with schedules. Lindsey Sterling just announced her Christmas tour this year as well. She always does a big Christmas tour for like a month, month and a half. And they're always excellent. Anna, who helps run the Rocked website and Facebook page, has been the personal photographer for Lindsey when she comes to the Northeast before. It's great. It's always great. So, I gotta say, there's so, so, so much potential. Please, Lindsey Sterling, make a rock album. Moving on. A bit of good news after some potential tragic news. Richie from Judas Priest had a bit of a scare on stage after Louder Than Life, and nobody saw it coming. Choking up blood. Everything going on with them. 
I got this press release today. And I'm going to read a little bit of it from Richie. Keep in mind, I just saw Judas this I saw Judas Priest perform less than 48 hours before this happened. And he was fine. Not a problem. And he said the same thing. I would like to read the quote in full. And I got the email press release about it as well today. Today, just being able to type this to you all is the biggest gift of all. As I watched the footage from Louder Than Life Festival in Kentucky, I could see in my face the confusion and anguish I was feeling while playing Painkiller as my aorta ruptured and started to spill blood into my chest cavity. <sighs> I was having what doctors called an aortic aneurysm and complete aortic dissection. These are things that should not have to happen to anyone, let alone people we like. From what I've been told by my surgeon, people with this don't usually make it to the hospital alive. They're pronounced DOA. I was taken to nearby Rudd Heart and Lung Center and quickly went into what turned out to be a 10 and a half hour emergency open heart surgery. Five parts of my chest were replaced with mechanical components. I'm literally made of metal now. By the way, you know he's going to use that line and he's earned it. That's so awesome. Judas Priest is so metal. Some of their band members and music musicians are made of metal. Side tangent. Sorry about that. It could have all ended so differently. We only had an hour set that night due to Metallica's performance after us. And it does cross my mind if it was a full set, would I have played until total collapse? If I hadn't happened in such a high adrenaline situation, would my body have been able to keep going long enough to reach the hospital. The Amazing Heart and Lung Center was only four miles away from the gig. If it had been further away... We can always drive ourselves crazy with all these things, but I'm still alive, thankfully. Whatever the circumstances, when watching that footage, the truth is, knowing what I know now, I see a dying man. I've been moved to tears and humbled by friends, family, my fantastic band, crew, and management, and also you guys sending me videos and messages of love and support during the last week. I thank you all so much, and although I had a recovery road, have a recovery road ahead of me, as soon as I'm able to get up and running again, you'll be the first to know, and we'll get back out there delivering the goods for you all. One last thing, Maniacs. This came totally out of the blue for me. No history of a bad heart, no clogged arteries, etc. My point is, I don't even have high cholesterol, and this could have been the end for me. If you can get yourself checked, do it for me, please. Lots of love and see you down the front again soon, Richie. Scroll back up. It's not my photo, but I'll share my photo tomorrow with this post. He's a full-fledged metal god now, someone said on Twitch. Yup. I wanted to read that because I wanted to quote his own words for that. You can tell he's very grateful. He's had a lot of support. He has a recovery road ahead of him, like he said. I'm grateful he's still here today. Everything he just described is very accurate. And holy crap, the fact that he's still alive, able to move around, able to communicate with us is a miracle. So, I'm very happy that he's, okay, he's going to be okay. Take all the time you need to get better. Don't rush. Ugh. So, moving on. Trivium's new album, In the Court of the Dragon, comes out this Friday. Quick turnaround time for the band, as What the Dead Men Say came out last year. 
We're going to end with this mostly before we get to the mainstream rock top three. Trivium is one of the bands that I feel did the most with their quarantine time. And they've only had nothing but positive things to show for it. Not only is all four members of the band like streaming on Twitch, not only is Manhafi a brand ambassador for many things like Twitch, Elgato, all the streaming stuff. Not only is Trivium doing great on the road, they just completed the heavy metal, the metal tour of the year, which did very well. They're going to release album number 10 this Friday. Not bad. For a group that started roughly after high school, a band that's been around for now 20 years because they started young, Trivium's proof that if you work hard, even if it's in different areas, you can shine through them and bring other stuff together. Trivium is proof of a band adapting to the 21st century and making it work for them. The online community on Twitch, whether he's streaming live shows, performing guitar live, creating music with other musicians like he did with Mike Shinoda, or just playing Call of Duty with friends, or Overwatch. He's proven you can get a new audience to keep everyone entertained if you're a fan of the band, just by doing it this way. So yeah, I think that's pretty awesome. I will have a review of the new album out. It was already sent to me. I won't spoil anything just yet. However, I will give many spoilers. You know what? I'll give like very many thoughts on this because I do like to do that for the podcast listeners. The review will be out either Thursday night or Friday morning. Trivium delivered on this one too. That's all I'll say. Good for Trivium. We'll finish up now with the Billboard Mainstream Rock Top 3. Every week when there's changes, I like to go over what's either blessing or plaguing mainstream rock by going over the top three played songs of the week in the United States. This also has a decent reflection for the rest of the world. Coming in at number three on Billboard Mainstream's Rock Top 3 tracks, Pop Evil with Survivor. Not my favorite Pop Evil song. It is what it is, but I'm fine with it. Not offensive. I don't think it's bad. I'm fine with it. Number two, Making a Fire, the first track off of Foo Fighters' latest album that came out earlier this year that just completely blanked from my mind, even though I just was looking at it. Anyone in the comment section, please let me know what Foo Fighters' latest album is that came, on, came out earlier this year, because it will completely bother me if I don't think of it soon. I don't want to just look it up. I want to either think of it on my own or be corrected. Foo Fighters where Shame Shame was the only real song I didn't like, and that was the first single. No one knows. I guess that's not a great sign. Uh, Medicine at Midnight. Thank you, Tom Randall, in the chat on Twitch. First one to say it. Medicine at Midnight. Thank you very much. That was the number two song of Billboard Mainstream Rock. And number one, for several weeks in a row, and I can't say enough good things about how impressive this is, the Pretty Reckless featuring members of Soundgarden, Only Love Can Save Me Now. I think the song's great, and I love the story behind the song. For those who are unaware, uh, Taylor Momsen is very close with Soundgarden, even from back in the day when Chris was still around. For those who don't remember, the Pretty Reckless were the openers for that Soundgarden tour, that final Soundgarden tour, I should say, before Chris Cornell passed away. So, a lot of history with Pretty Reckless and Soundgarden. And she personally asked them to be on the song as well. 
Like she went out of her way. It wasn't um, thought up by a group of label executives. So I think that's pretty cool. As a heads up, we had our big subathon on Sunday on Twitch. It was simultaneously a lot of fun and the worst stream I have ever done. And I want to personally thank Streamlabs for blowing it and just completely wrecking my stream and many other streams the past 72 hours. It turns out Streamlabs has had a massive amount of technical issues and there's going to have to be a big patch or update for Streamlabs streaming software. And it's only gotten worse. Um, I want to apologize for all the many, many, many technical issues that stalled the show for over 30 minutes. But it is what it is. We got so many subs, however, that one, I revealed what the Regretting the Past will be for November on that stream. And two, we will have two special streams on Twitch coming soon. One this month, one next month. In October, hopefully, or November, I don't know which one I'll do which. In October, I will either be doing a riffage stream with some friends, like we do for music videos. Just two hours riffing on music videos like we've done in the past. It's always a lot of fun. And then, either in October or November, depending on what we do, I'll be bringing back the tier list discography videos. However, I'm going to make it a live stream on Twitch. This way, while we're making the tier list discography and like deciding which album goes where on the tier listing, everyone gets to see it live that wants to. And I won't be doing it alone. I'll have a guest, at least one guest with me, when I decide on a discography that I want to do it with for an artist. And who I want to have on as a guest. I'm looking forward to that. I think Twitch will be a fun way to do that. If I can condense and we can go as long as we want on Twitch. And then if I can find a way to edit everything down to a very concise amount. I'll do that too and then post it on YouTube. But this will be a special thing for Twitch. I want to thank you guys again for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening to my rant on gatekeeping. And the issues with metal right now. The metal community. It can get better. And I challenge everyone to keep an eye out for gatekeeping. True gatekeeping. It's not gatekeeping when you say you don't like a song. It's not for you. It's not gatekeeping when you say you don't like a band. It's gatekeeping when you see someone enjoying a band and you telling them, you can't enjoy that band the way I do. You don't get to enjoy that band. You can't listen to them because I've listened to them more. That type of garbage. So. Wrapping up now, keep an eye out for that Trivium album review. It'll be out on Thursday night, Friday morning. Whenever I can get this done, patrons will get to see it early. This is one of the album reviews that patrons, by the way, also um, voted on. So patrons voted on this one first and foremost. That won the vote. Then I'll have another album review coming out later in the month. Keep an eye out for those special streams. Just follow all the socials. If you're watching this on YouTube or Twitch, they're floating above my head right now repeatedly. If you're listening on the podcast forums, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. If you check anything out on YouTube, I usually try to post things on the community page as well. And finally, new music night coming again this Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. Two hours of new music. No, I will not be dressed like Cookie Monster. No, I will not be doing Bean Boozled. It'll just be back to good old, safe, comfortable new music night. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Have a great night. We'll see you on Friday for that Trivium album review and again on Sunday for New Music Night Live on Twitch. Thanks again, guys.